You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, we are going to talk about obnoxious fan bases yet again. This is kind of going to conclude our trio of segments about fans and I hope you've enjoyed them a little bit off the beaten path but I've I've had a lot of fun bringing these to you we're also going to sit down with locked on avalanche to talk about Alex Newhook and you get to listen to my thoughts on Newhook and watch me flub all over the place about what NHL player I felt like he reminds me of but let's kick it off like we always do on locked on Boston College with the news so on Wednesday, the big news had to do with basketball, and that has been kind of the news for a while now, as the Boston College men's basketball team added their second assistant, Northeastern assistant coach Chris Markwood. And you may be thinking, who is that? Now, Chris Markwood is a younger player, uh, coach. Uh, he is from Northeastern. He's been there since 2014, 2015. Before that, he spent time at UVM. He played for Notre Dame. He played for Maine. He is from Maine. He knows the AAU system really well. He knows the local teams in local high schools well. So I think he gives Earl Grant what one of the big things that Boston College needs. And that is an assistant that knows the Northeast area. Now, as we've talked about before in this podcast, Earl Grant, he is from the South. He is a South Carolina guy. He coached at College of Charleston. He coached at Clemson. He doesn't know Boston all that well. And that's going to be new for him. He needs an assistant that can kind of take the reins with that. And I think um, Chris Markwood really does what that, that fills that hole because he's going to be an excellent He's young. He's younger than 40. Uh, he's a, a coach of color, which is always great, too, to have some extra um, diversity on your program. So Mark Wood, I think, does a lot there. Now, you're going to add him on to Anthony Goings, who we've talked about before as well, from Clemson. He's the assistant coach that came in about a week and a half to two weeks ago now. And um, bring he's going to bring that ACC level of um, recruiting with him. And, you know, he's done some really nice things at Clemson. You know, he recruited a four-star uh, top 100 recruit. He had a nice three-star that just decommitted from Clemson, um, Lucas Taylor. You know, he's he's known in the Clemson community as a really good recruiter. So you got two now. You have one that can handle, you know, the bigger stuff. You have, you, you have Mark Wood who can handle the local stuff. So the third role is what's going to kind of put the, t- the bow on, on this package, right? You need someone who I think could help with the X's and O's on this team, right? And can still recruit. And I think that would be Dave Paulson. 
You know, his name has been popping around as a possible third coach. It has not been confirmed. Paulson was the head coach at George Mason uh, for the last few years and got fired at the end of this season. And his name has been buzzed as possible uh, possible assistant under Earl Grant, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. Now, he is known as a very good Exodus and O's coach. Um, he, you know, he can do a lot of that kind of support for Grant to help him uh, get acclimated at the ACC level. He's also a coach that knows New England really well. So if you need, uh, you know, if you really want to to hammer out this local recruiting, I think a combination of Paulson and Markwood would really give you a, a well-rounded assistant group that can do what you need to do. So that was kind of one of the big news points of the day. Also, in terms of football recruiting, we always like to add some uh, recruiting news. Micah Wing, a defensive end three-star from Delaware, listed his top five today, and that included Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Penn State, Rutgers, and Boston College. Now, Wing, um, I've heard, is very high on Boston College. Now, BC has a lot of offers out to defensive ends, so I'm not sure where Wing falls on BC's uh, end of the scale. So BC may have other guys that are higher than him and they may not push so hard to get him. Um, I know Wing has just received a Penn State offer. Um, sorry, he didn't have a Virginia Tech. It was Penn State, excuse me. He has a Penn State offer that he just recently received. Um, I heard he's that was like a dream offer for him. So that could push him more towards the Nittany Lions, but we'll have to see where that lands. And in terms of finally... Um, Sports that don't usually get a lot of play on our our, our channel, uh, we have softball, who had an incredible comeback today against URI, but it fell short as they gave up three runs in the bottom of the sixth inning to fall to the Rams. So, uh, too bad, tough loss for the women in uh, the softball team. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about obnoxious fan bases, and you, you're going to want to hear about our three ACC fan bases that drive us crazy. But before we do, let's chat about rockauto.com. Are you in the process of getting your car worked on? Are you thinking of doing it yourself? If you are, you need to head on over to rockauto.com. They have prices that are 30, 50, 100% lower than what you would get in a store or chain. RockAuto.com has a catalog where you can find all of your parts that are available for your car. All you need to do is just head on over to RockAuto.com, put in your make and model, and they'll show you everything they have. Best of all, their prices are low. All you need to do is head on over to RockAuto.com now and see what they have available. And write Locked On in their How Did, they, how did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com now, I have told you about Locked On today, and I hope you have checked them out. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's a 20-minute podcast that gives you all the news that you need in the world of sports in a nice, succinct manner. And Peter is hosted and uh, joined by multiple different experts. So you get all the news that you need in a nice little 20-minute package. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I hope you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Now, let's jump in and talk obnoxious fan bases. So if you have not already listened, on Tuesday's show, I talked about local obnoxious fan bases. In our, and I'm not going to give you who I picked because I want you to make sure you listen to it and give me your thoughts on that. 
And then yesterday, I gave you three fan bases from around the country that I found obnoxious. Now, today, we're going to go, we're going to stick, we're going to go home here. We're going to stick with the ACC, and I'm going to give you three schools with fans that I find just annoying and obnoxious. Before I get into them, I want to give you some of the fan bases that I enjoy in the ACC. And those three, and I'll give you three, and I'm not going to get into why. I really enjoy the fans from Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Wake Forest. I think their fans are just fine, and I enjoy... When I used to do tailgating, and they used to come by, I used to invite them over. Uh, Clemson are some of my favorite fans. I think they're just a great group of, of fans, and I know some of you who may disagree with me, but that's okay. But let's go over the three that I don't like. <laughs> and we'll start with number three, and it's the Florida State Seminoles. Now... I just remember going to games for football, and back in the day, like let's look back like seven years ago or eight years ago when Jameis Winston was the quarterback, or you know they had Jimbo Fisher. It was the cool thing to follow Florida State, and you had you know big mobs of Florida State fans that would you know fill up Alumni Stadium and do that stupid tomahawk chop for <laughs> for the entire game. And, you know, they would just get in your face. They were loud. They were rude. Um, and I, I find them very entitled. I think that, you know, and, and for rightfully so that they've kind of earned it. But uh, they've been a mess the last couple of years. And the fans seem to have just completely disappeared. So if, if they were still around, if, if Florida State was still relevant, which they're not, I would, I would put them even higher, but right now they're just kind of low. So Florida State will get my number three, and, and they're a distant three compared to my top two. Number two is the University of Miami. Okay, so personally, like, number one, I think, is just more towards BC fans in general, and everyone will agree with me when I get to it. Number two is my personal number one, but I'm going to put them at number two for this because – Every time I meet a University of Miami fan, I just want to tear my hair out. Most of them are from like, are not Miami graduates. They just think that the U is cool. They like doing their little stupid U sign. And, um, you know, and they are, they, they're, they're not the most pleasant group of fans. Let's just put it that way. Every time they came to Alumni Stadium, it was like every, you know, guy from South Boston all of a sudden is now a University of Miami fan. And I imagine if they come back ever again soon, um, I missed the last game that they played when BC beat them. But I imagine if they come back soon, you're going to see that turnover chain on every single fan because I think that they have one. Um, and in more of the U. And they just drive me nuts. They Personally, there's something about the University of Miami and their fan base that really grinds my gear. So they're number two for me. They're my personal top number one, but number one, and I'm already going to, I'm already assuming I'm going to get yelled at for this. My number one, most obnoxious fan base in the ACC isn't even really an ACC program because they don't play in the ACC for football. It's Notre Dame. And yeah, you know, they're, they're ACC for a lot um, and just enough, they play BC enough. You know, I mean, gosh, they play BC enough in 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 uh, football 
more than you would say like Miami. They play them more often. So Notre Dame is number one. So first of all, Notre Dame, of course, has that entitled, you know, just like we said yesterday with Michigan and Penn State, they have that sense of entitlement. Um, Brian, you know, they, they, they look at BC as they're like, you know, they, they even say it themselves. They call us Fredo, their little, um, their little brother or whatever. And, you know, they have the storied history and, but BC has some of those wins back against them. So it, it makes it more of a rivalry. So the fans hate each other. BC fans hate Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame fans hate BC fans. It's, it's, it's a great rivalry. And, you know, you get all the Rudy stuff, you get the leprechaun, and you just like with Miami, you get every, you know, Irish person in Boston that thinks that, that you know, wearing Notre Dame stuff is cool. Um, and so you get all of that, and it combines to give you the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And they're my number one. Now, do you agree with me? I, I'm imagining some of you may not. Those are my top three for the ACC. You know, there's some... There's some um, Honorable mentions, Syracuse obviously could be up there, much more for basketball than football, but they, they definitely can be up there. And they can be obnoxious enough. All they have to bring up is Diamond Ferry, and that can be obnoxious. Um, you got them. and But I, I feel like those three schools I listed, if you're going to consider Notre Dame as an ACC school, they, they give it to you. So that's my three. If you don't disagree, hit me up on Twitter. Go to Locked On BC and tell me why I'm wrong. Now, Let's chat about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time odds, you can bet on anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. All you need to do is head on over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put $100 in, they're going to give you $50 on top of that. So head on over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, let's also chat about NFL Draft lineup. The NFL Draft is weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For our final segment, I'm going to jump on to Locked On Avalanche and talk about Alex Newhook, who is the newest member of the Colorado squad. All right, welcome back. And as promised, we are going to dive into two of the Avalanche most prized prospects. And what better way to do that than to talk with uh, the hosts of the Locked On shows where they played in college. So joining me now is AJ Black from Locked On Boston College to talk some Alex Newhook. Uh, AJ, how's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on. And I have to credit you for coming up with the idea. So uh, <laughs> if, if not for you, we would not be here right now. So not only that, you now have bragging rights to uh, the first college sports show to be on Locked on Avalanche. So where does this rank in your list of lifetime achievements? Oh, this is, uh, you know, having a child and uh, getting married. That's way below this. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, the answer I was expecting you to give. Uh, so, yeah, so you uh, reached out to me. Obviously, like I said, you host Locked On Boston College. So before we dive into Alex Newhook, 
why don't you give us a brief summary of yourself, how you got hooked up with sure. Lockdown BC and any fun facts about you? So if this, you know, this being an NHL podcast, you know, you're probably thinking Boston College, who the hell cares about Boston College? <laughs> but I, I have covered Boston College um, as, as like a side gig. I have, a, I have another career. And um, but it's, you know, we have a nice loyal fan base and hockey has been one, you know, obviously BC has five national championships in college hockey. They put in, you know, quite a few NHL players in their time. And uh, we have arguably the best college hockey coach in, you know, the, the world, you know, Jerry York has the record in, in terms of most wins for a college hockey coach. Um, so I, I, you know, I dove in as a, I was a student at BC. Um, Matt, I was an RA, Matt Ryan was one of my students. Oh, wow. Look I at that. Joke about that. And uh, Jared Dudley lived in my, um, he lived in my, my dorm as well. Wow. Um, <laughs> I worked for BC for a little bit. And then I just started covering the sport and I got really into it. I'm going to find my own little niche. So now I have my own site, bcbulletin.com. It's part of the Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated Network. And then I have Locked On Boston College, which gives me a chance to uh, talk about BC every single day, which um, there's uh, there's quite a few people that actually really look forward to that. And um, I've enjoyed it. I've done it for about two and a half months. Uh, no, it's actually longer than that. I've done 100 shows, so it's way more than that. Oh, nice. Um, so... Um, I've, I've really liked being part of the Boston, uh, the lockdown family. And you cover everything. And I, and I don't know yep. if, like what the misconception is about, you know, our lockdown college shows. I think some people think like they only cover football, but that's not true. Yep. They, they, you run the gamut, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, totally true, Chris. So like I cover hockey, um, I cover basketball, I baseball, football, recruiting. Um, I've even done, um, I've gotten a, a bunch of emails to like, touch on like volleyball and I, and I, okay. I make it, I make it like, you know, like volleyball and lacrosse and all these other sports. I don't, I honestly, I, I always, it's kind of a running joke. Like I gave the results on a sailing match last <laughs> week. I'm like, I don't even know what these points mean, but you guys have been asking me to give you smaller BC sports. Here's sailing. They won 10, nothing. I don't know what that means. <laughs> How do you get a point in sailing? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think 10 nothing is good. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but cool, man. Yeah. So um, that's where they can find you, obviously. And like you said, you, you, do, you do cover hockey and, you know, in, in Colorado avalanche world, uh, we've been waiting for Mr. Alex Newhook to, to make his uh, trek over to Denver, not in the NHL just yet. That is, you know, baby steps. Um, but let's talk about his time at, at Boston college. So, um, I kind of want to start with, you know, the basics, just, you know, what makes him so good? What are the things that kind of stood out to you when you watched him play, yep. uh, that was just like, wow, this kid has it. Yeah. So he, Alex Newhook was a center for BC and he was on their first line. Um, you know, he was a sophomore this year. And what really stood out for me about Alex Newhook was, you know, he fit that mold of BC uh, forwards um, that, that were speedy. I mean, if you think of BC forwards, you know, if you're a BC fan, you think of guys like Johnny Gaudreau or Nathan Gerby, who are just quick players. Newhook is a bigger version of that, but he kind of fits that mold of just a guy that can kind of slice through the ice, get, you know, get pucks in and, and, and is crisp with, his, you know, with the, with the way he moves the puck around. Um, now this year, New Hook only played in a handful of games because of the World Junior Classic, but when he played, he was on a line with two other uh, 
forwards that ended up in the NHL. Matt Boldy, who is now with the Minnesota Wild, and Mike Hardman, who just signed a free agent contract with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and they had what we call the sophomore line. And they were dynamic. Like if you, you know, BC's, you know, bread and butter this year was their offense. They could score goals. You know, they, they would basically just beat teams into a submission. And it was that line that really did it. So Alex Newhook, when he was playing, really was the kind of centerpiece of that line. He was, you know, he could get the puck to both of his teammates. He made them both better. Um, I thought he was a great facilitator uh, in terms of, especially when he had space. I thought uh, Newhook was really, really dangerous when he had a little bit of movement out there. And yeah, like you said, only played 12 games this year from, from what I'm looking at. Yep. Um, but 16 points in, in 12 games, like that, that's nothing to sneeze at seven goals, nine assists. So you just wonder, and he was trending sky high after his first season. I think he maybe overachieved a little bit in, in a good way for his freshman year. I think people thought uh, he was going to produce like he did. So people were really looking forward to his second year, but like you said, got um, a spot on the juniors and then caught some, I mean, he got injured in the juniors, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yep. And did that, that carried over in, I mean, did he miss games at Boston he college? Because did. Of that, he right? missed some, he missed some regular season games as well. So it wasn't just the world juniors. He missed some time um, with an undisclosed injury and, and, it was tough this year with COVID to get straight answers out of Boston college. Cause Jer- I don't know out of any sport. I mean, I, t- I yeah. talked to Jeff Halfley for football and I talked to Jim Christian for basketball, Jerry, Jerry York, maybe cause he's older, didn't do any post game stuff. Oh, wow. And, and you see, so we didn't get it. We didn't get like a lot of information on injuries and I don't know what was going on with new hook. Um, but you know, he missed some time and then he ended up coming back. Do you think because he was limited in his second year, he, he maybe should have, stayed another year because that was after his first year he kind of came out right away and said i'm coming back for a second year yep. um and then you know things happen juniors happen injuries happen do you think his plan was always i'm going back for a second year and then that's it or do you think he went back and forth with maybe i should come back for a third year just because i didn't get a full season in injuries kind of bit me do you think there was any thought process of him coming back for a third year, or do you think it was just time for him to move to the next level? You know, I, I look at Boston college hockey as almost like, you know, you think of those elite any uh, NCAA football teams like Alabama or Georgia, where they get guys that, you know, they hit that mark where they can head to the NHL or they head to the NFL and they can, they can do that. Um, and, and that's just kind of where they, what their program produces. And I think that's where new hook was. Right. So you know, you get the, you get these blue chips. He was a blue chip, you know, BC, BC, if you look at recruiting rankings is, is like, they're the blue chip, you know, factory school in college hockey. They get the top recruiting classes every year. Now, new hook, you know, he kind of fits in that mold of all these guys that come in. They're going to just play a couple of years and then head out. And I, I, I honestly think, you know, as a team, he didn't produce what they needed to produce. Like, you know, this BC hockey was number one in the, in the nation and then got smoked in the first round of the, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament. But, you know, personally, I think Newhook is about as far along um, in terms of collegiate experiences that it is that he, you know, that he needs. He doesn't need to do anything else. Right. Like, he just seemed ready to go. And like, 
he needs to get that NHL polish or the AHL AHL polish to, to get ready for the pros. I don't think he'd get that experience at the, at the NCAA level. So I thought, I think it just made sense for him to make that move. And do you think, you know, you always hear the term uh, NHL level or NHL ready or NFL ready, NBA ready, you know, whatever the, the sport they're going to ready. Do you yep. think he is that <clears throat> right now? Or do you think, you know, he's going to the Colorado Eagles or AHL affiliate um, you could have a whole nother conversation about where he fits, uh, which is up in the air right now because the avalanche mm-hmm. are stacked. But um, do, do you think if he were to, if the avalanche had an opening right now, he could slide in there and be NHL ready? Like, because people are comparing everybody now, at least in avalanche world, to Cam McCarr, uh, right. coming in and being, you know, just pinning in the red immediately so now unfortunately everybody's expected to do that when you come into the colorado avalanche do you think he's there if he were to be slotted in to a roster spot right now or is it like i said baby steps does he need some time just to adjust to the ahl different city different team and then obviously he's going to make his way to the nhl eventually so i i think he's ready like you could you i mean you could call him up i just feel like he needs some polishing and, okay. and with, with new hook, the big knock on him. And I feel like it's something that he needs to get his feet wet with is, is getting into those dirty areas to get into, you know, like, you know, fighting in scrums to get the puck, to be more physical, to, to, to be, you know, a, a, a forward that can do both ends of the, of, of the, of the ice with forechecking and back checking. I feel like those are areas that he needs improvement. And I don't know if the AHL can kind of clean that up for him, but if you needed a player, you know, you could bring him up. He's just not, I don't think he's completely well-rounded yet. And I feel like a little bit of um, AHL training could probably do uh, do wonders for him. Okay. And so in that aspect, like who, does he remind you of as far as, you know, a comparison if you were to compare him to an NHL player right now, uh, who, who would he most remind you of? So when I look at new hook, I think of him as, um, Oh gosh, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big NHL person. So this is <laughs> one. It's all I, right. I follow the, I follow the Bruins, but um, I, I have to admit, I have a young one at home. And so yeah. Was it the time I have to watch sports? It's all Boston College now, so I'm, I'm like completely out of the loop with like most of the BC, Boston sports at this point. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I, like I would put New Hook, like kind of like a. Um, no, yeah, I keep thinking of Bruins, and they're all like well-rounded guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna pass on this question because I, I don't want to like have your listeners listening to me just kind of. Uh, uh, just listen, all over this, just all I think of, Boston guys all the time, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I'm only going to list Boston guys. And the only other one I can think of is Johnny Gaudreau. And I'm like, he's not Johnny Gaudreau because Johnny Gaudreau is very different, but I'm, I'm totally blanking. I apologize for that. No, well, let's see. Like he's, I'm trying to look at his, uh, his metrics here. So, I, and I, this might've been from a couple of years ago. So the one I'm looking at now is from uh hockey DB. I don't know if this is updated, but well, yeah, it must be um, 5'11", 195. So prototypical like he's not undersized he's not oversized i feel like he's in that uh good height weight yep demographic um and the the thing that the avalanche are built on is speed so does he have that yes he absolutely has speed all right 
Uh, he he's at that that's one of his. I think his biggest asset. So that makes him a perfect fit for the avalanche. Yes. Like, like you get a guy that can, he can, you know, if you get a line with around him that can also, you know, move the puck real fast, he's, he's going to be a, a huge asset for you. Yeah. Which is, that's what their game is, is built on. So, and I think, you know, in watching uh, what I could of him, um, you do, you see the speed kind of uh, come to the forefront for him and all the other stuff, you know, I think, like you said, just with seasoning and playing more at a different level, all of yep. that is just going to polish. And so in your estimation, um, long successful career for Alex Newhook. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think Newhook is going to, he's, he's got, he's got what it takes to be in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I think it may not be this year, but you know, give him a year and he's going to be, you know, a second or third line forward for you right off the bat. And he's going to give you offense and, um, you know, especially as you said, the Avalanche are playing with speed. He's going to be a perfect fit for you guys. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we've been excited for him uh, mm-hmm. really since he was drafted. So um, it's it's right around the corner. So um, I, I appreciate you coming on. And we were talking before we hit record that how many players on BC just went to the pros? Five. So. As I said, there were the three on that line. So I already told you about those three. Yep. Spencer Knight, their goalie, who was a Hobie Baker finalist. That's right. Yes. He is going to the Florida Panthers. And then um, Logan Hutzko, who's also going to the Panthers. Uh, he he left the team in the middle of the year um, after an injury that was going to sideline him for the rest of the year. All right. Five players. And so just like, I don't know if you fo- if you, any of you follow college basketball right now and college football, the transfer portal is a complete circus right now. Mm-hmm. Hockey is turning that way too, hmm. which is crazy. So, you know, BC is already, I've already found them linked to probably five new uh, transfers from schools. I mean, Colorado college is one of them I saw listed. Um, that uh that they're trying to get their team older because i think that was the big issue with bc hockey this year was you got young guys like new hook and boldy who are like 19 years old and then they ran into st cloud state who had 23 and 24 year olds and just beat them up so i think jerry york bc's coach is trying to fix that and 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 hit the transfer portal so all these guys that are heading the nhl they're going to replace them hopefully with older kids well it's nice that when the transfers are coming in and not going out exactly. and, and yep. BC is in the position to bring in the guys. So, yep. uh, yeah. So, I mean, five players heading or at least signing entry-level contracts. Uh, so you might be seeing AJ on other shows within the NHL network here at yep. Locked On soon. So um, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, if we have any Boston college prospects down the road, uh, open invitation to jump back on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Chris. All right, man. We will be right back.